Hi friends, welcome to Revelation Wellness Podcast. I know today you might be looking forward to another uh, new episode of Revving the Word. And I guess this kind of is, but kind of isn't. Uh, what I wanted to do today, and maybe we will keep some background music going, I don't know, because I have a feeling um, you're on the go, you're driving, you're working, maybe you're moving your body. And I thought it might encourage you today, I felt like it's important that I give you the why. Uh, how this thing, um, why Revelation Wellness exists, how it started, kind of the testimony of uh, my this ministry and my life and how uh, my life and God's purposes kind of came colliding. Mostly I think I want to do it because I believe it will encourage you. I believe that testimony spurs on another testimony and the fire of God continues to be contagious. The word testimony itself means do it again, God. So if he've done, he's, whatever he's done for me, He's going to do it for you. And I think that's really important right now because I feel like God is, is infiltrating all the realms of creation. Everything. The arts, the sciences, uh, music, um, uh, medical, whatever it is. I feel like he wants to get creative and be God in all realms for such a time as this. I think the world, as we all know, is getting crazier and louder and think there's such a need and, and what I hope is right a fitness ministry for a minute for a minute everybody a fitness ministry when I heard those two words I felt like I was I felt like my brain hurt there's just no way those two really you know fitness just fitness God let it just be fitness don't mess with my fitness I'll be yours we'll do church here I'll do church in my heart I'll I'll be I'll be yours but please leave my fitness alone. <laughs> That's how, being really honest, that is how I felt. And he just wouldn't leave me alone. I think um, as I share my story today, I probably, you're gonna, maybe you're going to see yourself in the story. I pray it kind of uh, sparks on your vision for what God's calling you to do, how he's asking you to participate. And here's what I know, that I know that it will be uncomfortable. If it's not uncomfortable, it's something that you can do yourself and be very in control of. And those things don't bring fruit. They, they bring comfort. If we can know how to do it and we're perfect at it and it's our thing, it actually will feed, feed a religious spirit, more pride in us. God calls us into the unknown and the deep, the places that make us really uncomfortable. And that's what I'm sharing with you today. If you want to know more about us beyond this, please go to the website, revelationwellness.org. Um, really what we do, and that's this, this podcast today, is to share how we got started as a ministry, fitness ministry, that it is our desire to use fitness as a tool to train God's heart, to, to, to share the gospel message uh, to all ends of the earth. So we, we raise up leaders and send them out through instructor training. And if it's not a leader, then we just want to train the student, which is what we do in Revving the Word and RevWell TV and all our offerings are really either to, to just to meet people where they're at. But we do know this that God has a high purpose for everybody's life. And you're all leaders. Can I say that? You are all leaders in your own realm of influence. It starts with your own life. You, you preach to your own soul. You influence your own belief. We uh, believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And I need to do that a lot because sometimes I feel like I don't, I feel afraid. I feel uncertain. And so I have to Remind myself, my heart believes, now make my heart, now my mouth will confess, and even if I don't see it, because that is faith, being sure of what I hope for. And we're saved by grace, through faith. So when I proclaim faith, grace shows up 
and it moves me to that next step um, from glory to glory. So that's why this podcast, I hope, would encourage you. I'm going to share the, the how this got going, um, the, the places that God called me into, and then kind of how I had to just move forward through really uncomfortable, uncomfortable things. Acts 17.26 says, From one man he made all the nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed time in history and the boundaries of their lands. I love that God has had his eye on me in eternity past. He said, this is going to happen. I, I know Elisa Keaton, well, at that time, Elisa Amador, she will be born on April 24th, 1971. I have to have her because I have appointed her for a time and in the whole earth. She, he's marked us all out for an appointed time and place. And he set a boundary. And my, I guess, and I think of that word boundary, I'm like, well, I don't like boundaries, Lord. Why would you put boundaries on me? Because no, no, no. You can't be good at everything, Elisa. But I've created you to be really, for one thing, the battle for which I was born is freedom. And I want freedom in my whole self, my body included. So he gave me the, the, this fitness ministry. And you have something too. There's something in your life that you go, I'm, I'm really good at this. Or I'm really passionate about this. Because the glory of God revealed is man fully alive. And you're fully alive when you're doing that thing that just comes easy, right? It's your, it's um, that 80% that just, you just can do it. Like it's just what you do. There's my, my 20% is like things I got to work really hard at. But there's things that just come easy to me. And easy to you. I know that they do. So here's really... <laughs> My, my becoming of who I was, um, I'm going to, I have my own personal testimony and that's something I kind of share and go into further depth, but I really want to keep this about the ministry because I think a lot of you feel called to ministry of some kind and what does that look like today? And I think, like I said, God's just blowing the boxes open of what ministry is. So in 1985, when I was 14 years old, I took my first aerobics class. Yes, I did. Everyone just say the word aerobics. <laughs> I'm dating myself. Now the term is group fitness. We don't use the word aerobic classes. It's group fitness classes. I think that's a way better word. But in, this, in the 70s and 80s when aerobic science was being founded and people started realizing that moving our bodies was actually a good thing. It used to be a time when they would tell people not to perspire. Don't stress your heart. Don't do that. It could be scary up there. It's kind of like Columbus going, uh, no, don't go. The, the, the land is flat. You're going to fall off the edge. That's scary. Stay what we understand and know. And it was Dr. Cooper that really started to understand. No, I think if we stress our stuff, if we, if we stress the body, we can actually make it stronger. So it's, that's a kind of an interesting science. That's pretty new science if you think about it. That's only since 1970 that we realized that if we stress the body, it actually responds. So about 1980, that aerobic craze is kind of moving. Those of you that remember it, come on, leg warmers, thongs, leotards, scrunchy socks, Reebok, high tops. I had it all, but not in my very first class. I was invited to my very first class. I was a freshman in high school. And I can, use, can I say, God was merciful. He knew in that time of my life, I was beginning, I was 13, 14 years old and beginning to question a lot of my own identity, my own beauty, my own value, my body, boys. And at the same time, my home life of my family was quite rocky and unstable. And re rebellion was beginning in my heart. I was beginning to be rebellious and angst and teenage angst and 
you know, all adults are stupid and the whole thing is that quintessential time of your life when everything's in question. And I happened to be invited to an aerobic class. It was a little studio. This is way before we even had big gyms. Like this was just like corner uh, strip malls that would have a little room. And actually what you see now in like boutique fitness places like, you know, Orange Theory Fitness or other different places, it's, it's very similar. Now those are popular again so that people are kind of moving away from box gyms and back to these small intimate community places. Well, that's what I was invited to. And I show up and I have no clothing. I just knew that it was going to work out. Now I was a tomboy my whole life. So I did like fitness or I like to move my body. I just never understood organized fitness. And I walk into this class with my friend and I'm <clears throat> 14 years old, bunch of, bunch of moms. And I would say I was probably the youngest person there along with my friend. And I remember the instructor saying, all right, come on ladies, let's gather around. And we all gather and the next thing you know, the woman goes over to the corner and she pulls out a record. Yes, friends, a record and puts it on the record table, drops the needle on the record and it is the Blues Brothers album. <laughs> you can Google, for those of you that are over or under 30 years of age, um, Google the Blues Brothers album and you will, it's just nonstop movement and from that moment we just began to move our bodies and I don't know what we did we danced we grapevine we jumped jet we aerojack all I know is the floor was shaking people were hooping and hollering and within 10 to 15 minutes I would say I was transported I was just like I don't even know like it was just like everything in me all the crud in me everything in me was just starting to I had a place to push and to like to just get out of me what was in me and um, I don't think I could have said that then, but I just remembered like having the best time of my life. And at the end, in the cool down position, um, laying there on the floor on my back, I can remember as clear as day, 14 year old little girl with an achy broken heart, questioning all of who she is and all of life and, and very afraid, I guess very scared because things were getting scary at that at age. And knowing God, but not really knowing God, uh, knowing of him. I remember laying on that floor thinking to myself, whatever that woman just did, I'm gonna learn to do that. Now I'm 14 years old. That's a funny thought to have. And I don't even think it was my own thought. I think it was just, you're going to learn to do that. Whatever just happened, whatever they just pulled down into this room, whatever that was, I'm half, I need to have more of it. And I need to, I know I could lead that, I could do that. So I began to pursue fitness. I began to go to that class. I purchased my first leotard and my aerobic scrunchy socks and I began I was in I was in that community was mine and I, I I couldn't even drive my parents would drive me to the class and I would do that well fast forward all through college I'd be I continued I pursued fitness my body started to respond by the way I was 14 15 16 17 you know puberty and all these things are happening my body my muscle tone was getting more firm and my body and then I started getting attention for my body and I thought oh this is a good thing so boys are paying attention to me and it began to be a more of a power thing and a comfort thing for me and a good thing I was created for it for sure I go all the way through college um, as uh, I, I learned to teach aerobics as a aerobic instructor um, my sophomore year of college I, I, I auditioned without even knowing what I was doing I just thought I could do it because I'd taken enough classes hey turns out you really do need a skill set to teach a group fitness class otherwise people do not know how to follow you so my uh, the boss at the the rec center at Arizona State University saw potential in me and she trained me she trained me how to teach 
group fitness classes. We we're still calling them aerobics then. And I loved it. I loved it so much. I just wanted to be there all the time. I had a day job as well, but I slowly shifted my full attention to be full-time in fitness while going to school. I got my personal training degree, uh, license, certification, aerobic certification, everything, I think, before I was about 22 years old. And I just began to immerse myself in fitness. I loved helping people. I loved being at the gym. I loved the environment. I just felt like this is where I belong. And of course, my body fit the role. I began to do fitness shows. I just went all in into the fitness community and that whole fitness industry itself it was my thing it's what I did actually met my husband through I was teaching a box aerobics class now that's a whole nother that's my other side of my testimony that at some point I'll share with this is really about fitness and ministry and it was good to me I was really good at it and fitness was really good to me I began to train clients. I had success with training clients because I could train my own body. I knew how to get show ready. I knew how to cut the carbs. I knew how to create just the right ratio of intake and output and what to drink, what not to drink. I know all the food rules and they work. But I also knew that my heart was really empty and sad and afraid, so afraid that I wouldn't be enough that I wasn't chosen. Even when I was chosen, you didn't still feel chosen, anybody? I had this spirit in me that just haunted and walked around with me. So I got married, full-time into the fitness profession at this point, graduated from college, um, full-time in the fitness profession. I was a program director at some big box gyms and I loved it. Every day I went to work and I was surrounded by group fitness energy or the, the sound of weights clanking in the gym and training clients helping clients, but at the same time, seeing I was able to help my clients, but they too never seemed completely fulfilled. Here I am in a marriage, in a home, in my life. Everything looked good on the surface, my body, I'm married, my husband's, you know, we're, we're, we're on that young, early uh, path of marriage where we're gonna take on the world together. We're gonna have success and money and everything we thought. We both look good on paper. He's a college graduate, a master's degree. Like he just looks good on paper. I look good on paper. I look good on my body. He looks good on his body. We're just gonna do the right thing. But we found out that was not as easy as it seemed. Um, marriage has a really great way of training or exposing all your crud, amen? <laughs> That's probably why a lot of them end in divorce because covenant with the Lord is, is the marriage covenant. It mimics marriage or marriage mimics the covenant with the Lord. And, and the Lord promises himself to us and says, I will never leave you or forsake you even when you get really messy. Um, even when all this ugly stuff comes out of you, I will never leave you or forsake you. And that's the same vow we make in our wedding vows that we say until death do us part, sickness, health, good days, bad days, when you are kind to me and when you are not kind to me. Basically, marriage is there to expose our brokenness in the safety of covenant, much like our marriage to Christ. He says, I'm never going to leave you. It's going to get ugly. That's why I wish the church would be more honest with people in this sense, or I think we're starting to, that, hey, this is messy. It's going to get really messy. If you're just going to come to Christ to believe and have everything put in nice little boxes and rows, it will not happen. Actually, it can happen, but that's called religion, and you will not be free. 
So everyone inside the church, make room for the messy people because they're gonna get messy. Everyone outside of the church, we're working on it. We know we're hypocrites, but we're gonna get it cleaned up. Just give us some time and we'll show you the ways of Christ. And everyone who is choosing Christ, humble yourself. Humble yourself and be taught by a father who loves and disciplines. Because he loves, he disciplines. Because he loves, he teaches. And that's what marriage kind of gives us that covering to do it. But as I was married and early on training my clients and everything was looking good, I noticed that my clients uh, and myself were lacking. Look good on the surface, but everything was lacking in a deep, deep place. So I will say, I think this is how I knew that I needed more. Early marriage, marriage, things are hard. I I'm still feel like I'm not a, like chosen and blah. All the lies of my life are catching up with me. Soul, soul lies. The place in my soul that needed mended were starting to show themselves. Because you would think that marriage would make everything better, right? We think the perfect body is going to make everything better. We think that once this happens, then it'll be better. And I had that all, but nothing was better. Not in fact. I felt more afraid and more scared and more uncertain of who I am and what I was made for than ever before. And that kind of turmoil becomes messy and confusing and um, it began to get hard in the marriage. Everything was hard. And in the stillness of my heart, I knew I needed God. I just knew, I, I just knew he was calling me to himself and I was afraid of what my husband would think. I was afraid of what everyone would think. I would go to church. No, I don't want to be that churchy person. And, you know, that's kind of an inconvenience. I really like my Sundays. And I thought of all the things I'm going to have to do if I start, if I bring God into my life because things were kind of working out pretty well, like manageable, but I wasn't fulfilled. God was wrecking me. So I'll tell you this story. I was, I was in um, Camarillo, California at this point, early in our marriage, trying to just figure it out. We're just both a mess. We're just both, you know, just marriage is hard. It was very hard for us. We had no mentors of what marriage would be. Both of us come from families that, um, not that they're uh, imperfect, but um, I think real deep covenant love and marriage and of what God created to be, neither one of us were exposed to. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh, am I going to do here? And my husband made it clear <clears throat> that he was not really interested in going to church. And I think neither was I, but I knew I had this pull. Something was pulling me. Well, I was working at this gym in Camarillo, California, training clients. Again, noticing this, the, the, the lack in my clients, kind of the searching. They're, they're searching. I'm searching. We're all searching. And uh, there was a personal trainer there, and her name was Sean. And Sean, if you're listening to this, I hope you are. And I want you to hear how you have been such a catalyst of your fire starter. Um, Sean was a trainer there and she was very colorful, very colorful trainer, um, living a life that I would say I was interested in. Yeah, let's, let's, let's go out. Let's have some fun. Let's do that. You know, and I'm new to this city. I don't know anybody. And I'm just kind of watching, trying to figure out who you get in with, trying to position to the, to the, who, who are the cool people, who are the people that I need to know, right? Cause that's what we do outside of Christ. We got to position ourselves. We got to perform. We got to figure it out. We got to leverage. And I'm, I'm kind of watching and I, and I thought, well, this, this Sean girl seems to be the, the one to know in this community as far as fitness and people and fun and friendships. And, and she would come in and, and she was, you know, very, very colorful and tired uh, out partying the night before. And um, I'm just watching and kind of not judging. I'm watching thinking, well, how can I go have fun with that because I'm new to this city? And 
that goes on for a little while and she's training her clients and then one day she walks in and she's real um, quiet and she seemed rested and she was just quiet for a while not quiet in a bad way but just different something was different about Sean and I watched it for a week or two weeks I also noticed that you know, she had this little pin that she wore that was like a, a gospel track and I think it was like, you know, red is for the blood, white is for the cleansing, green is for the hope, black is the sin. I don't know, something like that, if anyone remembers that. But either way, she was proclaiming the gospel, like wearing this pin. I had no idea, but you're supposed to ask the question, what's the pin? And I think I did. And I began to go, oh my gosh, I think she's like a Jesus freak. I think she's found Jesus or something. Well, that's crazy. So I'm just watching and going, huh, wow. And again, underneath my heart, I was feeling a pull to go to, to, go to church, to, to, to connect with, with God. I just was afraid. My husband wouldn't go. I didn't want to go by myself. It was all this war kind of going inside me, but I felt this pull. And she was starting to be very open about her newfound life. I mean, it was literally from, it was an overnight from dark to light for Sean. I saw the change. And one day I'm behind the desk and she comes up to me and she says, hey, Lisa, um, what do you know about Jesus? And I was like, whoa, she just said the word. I said, what do you, what do you mean? She's like, well, do you believe in him? I said, yeah, yeah, I do. Because I would say I was a Christian all the way back to my family. I was baptized in the Catholic Church at the age of 13. We left the Catholic Church and kind of started going to a Christian church. That's kind of longer personal story. Um, but I, I knew Christ, I knew who he was, I was a believer. And she's like, great, well then you should come to church with me on Sunday. <laughs> and I was like, what? She's like, yeah, come with me. We're at, I'm just at Calvary Camarillo over here at the 99 cent, next to the 99 cent store. It was a new church. And I said, oh, well, I can't do that. And she said, why not? I said, well, my husband won't go with me. He's made that clear. He's, he's not willing, he won't go to church because I had been asking him to go. And she's like, so you go. Ugh. And you all, those two words, you go. They lingered, and it felt like a challenge. Go. Just you go. Who cares whoever doesn't go? And I'm like thinking, God, I'm going to be that sad, lonely woman all by herself. No, no, no. And that was my, that's one of my deep fears of being alone. You are alone. It's actually something the enemy uses to, to taunt me is you're alone. Nobody gets you, which clearly you could see why doing a fitness ministry would be like, heck no, I'll be even more weird. I'll be more alone. Nobody's going to get this. How are they going to understand it? No, thank you, God. So that stayed with me. It haunted me. It lingered in my heart. I thought one day, all right, I went and I went and I began to go and I began to hear the gospel and I'd heard it as a woman at the well. I had heard it as a woman who, yes, you've had many loves. Yes, you have been searching, but if you come to me, you'll never be thirsty again, Elisa. You will never, ever lack again. Ugh, I can just cry right now. It was as fresh as it's fresh water and fresh bread for my soul. That this, this is this Jesus. This is who I. This is who I'm meant to love. He loves me, no matter who loves me or doesn't love me. He is like strange and awesome, and I'm really interested in him. Like he doesn't care what other people think, and yet he cares about people and everything about him that I was reading. I was like, I love this dude. Like this Jesus is mine, and that was it. I drank the Kool-Aid. I was in. I heard the gospel. It it met me in my brokenness, which is why Matthew 5 can say, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. 
my I was so poor I was physically rich physically I mean I had the buys the tries the, I, the competitions the medals I was physically wealthy and spiritually poor and when my poor of heart place heard the gospel I was done <laughs> so wealthy so wealthy yes okay I'm in so he wrecked me with his love and I would say I would like to say and I instantly began a fitness ministry no not really friends <laughs> I sat and I compartmentalized I did I did my Jesus and I did my fitness and they stayed very separate from one another and because he is the God who says from one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the the whole earth the whole he's a God of wholeness like there's no this part, that part, everything is whole and put together in him. All things hold together. I started hearing gospel more in a holistic language and that I can't, and not that I can't, but he had more for me than my fitness here and my Jesus here and my money there, my friendships here and like all this scattering of myself. He was gathering me to myself. And so I began to see my my clients differently. I began to see their need for, we're, we're both needing the same thing that I found. I was like, I, I found the gold in the field and I wanted to show them, come with me. Let me show, this is what you really want. Yeah, okay, we'll help you lose weight. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, we can clean up your diet. Yes, yes, but you really want this because I had found it. I go, this is what we're really, this is eternity set in my heart. This is what I'm hungry for. This is what you're really hungry for. So it began to, I began to see the gap closing and not only that, but this poverty of my own soul. And then I've always had a heart for poverty, for the poor of the poor, like the poor, meaning not just those that don't have money, those that are on the streets begging, those that are dirty and smelly. Like my heart has always been towards the underdog. Like that's not right, what can we do? So I started, he started showing me the wholeness of poverty, that there's really no difference between us here in America and those in a third world country that we think we have it all, uh, we are honored, absolutely more privileged, yes, but we have just as, we have poverty, it just looks very different. And God was putting that in my heart, poverty, 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 like blessed are the poor in spirit, poverty. And so I began to get haunted more and more with, okay, you're doing something here, God. I feel you wanting to connect these and bring them together, the physical and the spiritual, and bring them together under this banner of what is poor you make rich <sighs> so this whole poverty idea stuck with me and finally it was probably in, uh, this is where I, I lose a little bit of track of my dates but it's it was in 2007 i believe um that or maybe a little maybe 2006 i went to the idea world fitness convention it's a yearly fitness convention it's like you know whatever your fitness profession is there's probably a convention every year that you might go to to get more education and see what's going on in the latest and i had been going to this thing for probably goodness uh maybe nine years at this point and um i never looked for jesus there i'd never looked for spiritual i just went there to learn about fitness learn my stuff go home apply it go back next year repeat but this year this was the year i thought i'm gonna look at this differently and i prayed i said okay god whatever you're doing here in the fitness world show me you get this entire convention you speak to me you show me it and i'll do it whatever you want but show me and you've got to do it 
And I also said, God, I will do this fitness thing. I will speak on your behalf. I will bring it to the table, but only if, only if it can make the difference, if it can kick a spirit, a physical poverty in the teeth, if it could just make a difference with those that are, that don't have, like, I, I want, I want to be an activist. I want to see, I don't just want to talk about you. I want to see you happening. I want to see the blind seeing. I want to see the deaf hearing. I want to see the lame walking. I want to see the poor rich. I want to see transformation because that's, that's the personal trainer in me. That's why I'm so good at it. I'll get you there. I can see it for you and I'll get you there. I wanted to see something happen. So I said, God, I'll do this. I'm not interested in just people burning calories and saying in the name of Jesus, I want to see this happen. I want to see the gospel. What you did and walked on earth and did, I want to do too. And I just happen to want to use fitness. Okay, can we do that? Yes, Elisa, deal. We can do that. So I went to this conference and I tell you guys, it was like going from black and white television to Technicolor. I saw everything different. And I was in a keynote address where this one gentleman was, um, his keynote address was all about kind of Freakonomics, that when one thing happens in the world, something um, opposite, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So kind of talked about, you know, um, he's talking about when um, poverty, when, when um, uh, what do you call it? What's the word I'm looking for? Oh, when, like when abortions go up, then suicides um, go in a certain direction. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just like all these different socio, um, just so society issues that would, would, would come and go and they all kind of balance and hinge on one another, which we would agree, right? Like whatever we put out, we get back. It's a kind of the universal law that God establishes that what we reap, we sow. And so I was listening, but he said this one statistic and it killed me. It just about, it was like, that's it. I'm done. I'm, I'm done and I'm in. And he said, right now in the world, and again, this is about 2007, he said, right now in the world, there are currently 850 million people worldwide that are overweight. While at the same time, there's close to 1 billion people that are suffering from physical hunger. And I went, what? So what you're saying is 850 million people right now are overweight. They're obese, overweight. They're eating, eating, and it's going up. Like the, the, the obesity is levels are going up in the world while at the same time people are dying because they don't have food one has too much one has too little what and i heard the lord say yeah i can balance that scale do you want to balance it with me elisa and it just thought oh my gosh we can do something this is my deal i talk about food i talk about fitness and we could actually help those in need and so i went home that to the to the hotel that night and i was woke in the middle of the night with five words way less to feed more and what are what's that God and he said I want you to write and I said God I'm not a writer I don't write I don't know how to write I cheated through high school English and I never had to take college English God how are you what you want me to write yes you're gonna write now I knew how to do fitness challenges I'd done them before it programmed as a program director I knew how to, to kind of organize those but I never had to write anything and he's like Lisa you're gonna write you're gonna bring my word into it and you're gonna write <sighs> way less to feed more it was from there that that concept was birthed I went home I bought a computer laptop my husband thought it was crazy I told him what I was gonna do he thought I was insane I didn't even have a cell phone at that point really like I didn't, I didn't know anything about technology. I didn't know anything, but I just knew I had to start writing and I knew I needed a laptop. I actually put it on a credit card, which 
I didn't have money, to, I didn't have money to buy it, but I heard the Lord say, go ahead, I'll pay it. And within like a month later of opening that credit card, buying my laptop, I had a client that gave me a super beautiful, generous bonus, and I was able to pay the credit card off plus extra left over. From Way Less to Feed More, I began to write. And really, truly, Way Less to Feed More, if you come through instructor training, that's our kind of our, our ground level of taking everything that is fitness, running it through the filter of God's word and going, okay, how does this, how does this stack up to what God says? Where does this, where, it's, this is a good truth. Fitness is filled with good truths, like really good, solid truths. But where does, this where does this fit into my heart? Where does this fit into my highest goal of Christ? personified Christ-likeness in me. What is seeking first the kingdom and all these things? Okay, how does this work out? Actually, and as some of you may not know, Wayless Day Feed More is currently in the works of being published. It is something that you can go through online right now if you wanted to. Um, all of our instructors are trained to facilitate it in personal small groups with wellness coaching and all kinds of goodness. So it's a uh, going to be out into the world in great measure by next spring as it is going to be published by Tyndale Publishing, which that's a whole nother. The fa Again, can I just say, I'm the girl that said, God, I don't write. I don't know how to write. I was Moses. I don't know how to write. And he's publishing this thing. Now I want to say that for those of you that go, I, that first step of whatever he's going to call you to do, you're not going to be qualified for it. You're not. You shouldn't be because you don't want the glory. He wants it. And he also wants you to take the risk. I had to take the risk of writing something, putting it out there to people, asking them to participate when I didn't know if it was apostrophe S or S apostrophe. I didn't know the difference between a colon, a semicolon. I didn't know the grammar, the writing. I didn't, it was run on sentences for days. <laughs> but I did it. I was obedient to the fact that I was supposed to get the words on paper and all the judgmental, critical spirit people could have their self checked by the Lord because I knew that my heart was good. I knew that my heart was for this vision. I knew that God had called me and I just had to be obedient. And I watched the fruit start to happen. Way Less to Feed More was launched about, uh, gosh, I think it was in 2000. We're now in 2016. So it was in 2008. And uh, we began and first class began. And just from there on and on, I saw the fruit. I saw the fruit. I saw people's lives changing. I saw chains dropping. I saw people literally being saved from eating disorders. I saw, I mean, the fruit that just kept coming, I knew I had to go further. And that was when the Lord said, well done. And now you're going to need to raise up an army because you can't do this yourself. And that's one of my greatest joys. That was the next step is to then begin to train trainers, to train leaders, bringing in this holistic message, not negating, not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. There's some great things in fitness. So if you're listening to this and you are, you love fitness, you love um, whatever it is, nutrition, supplements, things that you've learned about, different products, listen, all of it good, all of it, none of it bad. It's all come down to the heart of how we use it. What is our heart? Is our motive to make money? Because if, if our motive is to make money, we'll make money, but we'll be poor. Amen. You can be wealthy, wealthy, riches, and still be poor. He's too good to give us things. He's, he's too good to give us the thing we want that would actually wreck us. He'll wait on us and he'll keep growing us. And I know that I know that my heart really truly is to see people living free. The battle for which I was born is that people would live free, whole, uh, collected to themselves, hearts, mind, soul, and strength, and body 
body, soul, spirit, all of it, because it takes all of us to be on mission and follow God into the places that he wants to go. In 2011, we officially became a nonprofit and said, we're going to do ministry, fitness ministry. We're now going on a full five, gosh, is it five years, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, six years. We're almost finishing out six years as a nonprofit, raising up instructors, uh, spreading this culture, spreading these seeds wherever we go, wherever we can, um, and actually watching it kick physical poverty and spiritual poverty in the teeth. Um, our love others. We do Hope Fest. We have ambassadors. I love it. I love, my greatest joy is to write big checks. I love not only writing big, I don't even care. Something about, I love like watching the smiles on kids' faces, watching the uh, marginalized get counted in. I love it. And that really is the next season to where we're growing as a ministry is to take our resources out into the world and to truly love others as we still continue to harvest is plenty, workers are few, but you're going to see Revelation Wellness um, doing crazy, creative, inventive things uh, as we, um, we be the hands and feet of Jesus. And we just happen to work out that morning to the truth of God, or we happen to be putting all things, whether we eat or drink or whatever we do to the glory of God, so that the glory of God revealed can be in us and showing the world what it looks like to be fully alive. God, that he would be attractive, that he would be, that people see me, they go, man, I think she's been with Jesus. (laughs) It's so fun. It's so fun to watch happen. I am nowhere near the woman I once was. I am wrecked. Well, I hope that encourages you today. That is the story. That's the fitness ministry. It's kind of the nutshell. Oh, there's so many other little fun stories I could tell you about the journey of becoming a fitness ministry. But that is the onset. That is my, how my own personal, my own personal places began to, to spark what is now this ministry. And God's still healing me. He's healed, done such healing work in my marriage, my own life, my family. Oh my gosh, I feel like uh, everywhere now, He's going to, he has answered so many prayers and continues to answer many more to come. I know it. It's who he is. If he said it, he'll do it. That's our first Thessalonians 5, 23, that God would keep you holy and whole, put together mind, soul, body, and spirit for the coming of Christ Jesus. Because if he said it, he'll do it. If he said it, he said it to me and he's doing it. Well, friends, enjoy your day. This is what we do. If you're interested in becoming a leader uh, in this and to be discipled and use fitness as your tool uh, to talk about the good news gospel message, to spread it, uh, then please go to the website. Our next training starts August 22nd. Um, if you're just interested in knowing more, then look around. Be, join RevWell TV. Hey, join us on mission, $10 a month. Uh, these podcasts are free. I love it. It's my joy to get to do. But you can join us on mission go out as we raise up our ambassadors, um, go and make a difference in communities in need and um, put this fitness ministry on the map. And and we're not the only fitness ministry, but we know that God's going to do that in the field, that this is his deal. He's he's calling back fitness. So check it out. Go to revelationwellness.org and um, whatever God has called you to, let him see you through it. Let me pray for you. So God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for the person listening here. I know, God, that you delight in them, that you have such 
a high call on their life, high purpose, and nothing that they have to perform. God, I pray that they would hear your voice calling and they too would have a holy haunting that they can't release, that they can't put down, God, that they would remember that you, you choose, God, the nations at which we should inhabit. And you've marked out this appointed time right now in this year, in this time, in this month, in this day, in this week, God, that there is an appointment that we have with you. I pray that those appointments would be clear as a bell and that nothing would distract them from showing up on time. God, I thank you that everyone hearing this is a history maker and that there are boundaries, there's a mission field, there is something that they are called not to be good at everything, but excellent at some things, God, and giving you glory in all things. So we release your anointing of purpose and call on the ears that are hearing. I ask for doors to open that no man can open and doors to shut, God, that need to be shut that you know. So Lord, lead us out. Be king of our hearts. We want you there. Sit and stay forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.